had to share this. Uh, just going through one of these boxes, and um, amongst various things, I found um, you know Judge Dread role playing game and my Dragon Warriors. Well, Dragon Warriors book three, four, five, and six because Dragon Warriors one and two was stolen. Um, and, I've, and in fact, it appears that I did some thievery as well because I have Daniel McWilliams's um, copy of where is it? Um, Deities and Demigods uh, from AD&D. Um, actually has his name on it. But what I found is my exercise, an exercise book, a Sylvine red-covered exercise book with my name on it from printed kind of fairly tidily. Um, subject, Star Frontiers book. And inside is essentially characters that I've created and written up. And they're written in ink, most of them, um, which is kind of interesting. Some of the later ones have all sorts of paper uh, pencil annotations. Um, but it's kind of interesting because there is like, what, what is this first page, two characters on it. Um, and, um, but what was also interesting is just tucked inside it, uh, were two photographs. Um, one of these photographs is a middle school photograph, um, from my, my school then. Um, and one is the first year I think at, no, it's not. It is actually a whole school photo from the middle school as well, which must be the same year. So we have a kind of class photo, class I was in. Um, and I think this is just prior to going to high school. So this would date me playing Star Frontiers um, in that period. Now, I need to go and double check what date Star Frontiers was released, but that's really interesting to me. They were one of the first games we were playing. And... Um, these things are associated. There's no other photographs in this box. There's no other bits and pieces. It's just these two things together. So fascinating stuff, eh? Anyway, back into the box because I can see a copy of um, Dungeon Master's Guide 2nd Edition. Let's go. Things he won't share with us The darkness in his brain The Dungeon Master's plan The pleasure and the pain What's better left unknown My name is Che Webster, and this is the Roleplay Rescue Dungeon Master's Diary. Hi Che, Andy Goodman from Expedition to the Grizzly Peaks. I don't feel like I need to say that last bit anymore, or even the Goodman. But, you know, it helps, I suppose, for listeners to know what weirdos are calling into you. Um, I'm about halfway through your latest Dungeon Master's Diary 704A, I believe. And I have some very complicated feelings about it because I partially feel that that maybe if I hadn't made that episode and maybe if I hadn't talked about this imbalance, then maybe you would have kind of soldiered through. And I don't know what's happened since, because obviously that was a few weeks ago that you recorded that, but... Um, don't give up. Feels like you want to give up, but I know you won't, but don't, because there's a lot of people out there that want to see you carry on. All right. Sending all my love. Hi, Che. Don't be so hard on yourself. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure I'm guilty of having said that to you in the past. And um, yeah, we should know better, shouldn't we? I'm sure many of us are aware of that 
you know, feeling overwhelmed and there are just you know, times when you've got to take a break and I understand the importance of self-care. It might seem self-indulgent, but we're not really doing anyone any favours if we're not in a good place ourselves. And, uh, you know, we feel the way we feel and we have to figure out the best way to manage those feelings. So, um, uh, yeah, sometimes it's good to take a break and it's easy for me to support that because I'm not a player in any of your games. But, um, yeah, thanks for that episode and thanks very much for bringing Wonderbook to my attention. I'm familiar with Jess Vandermeer's work, but for whatever reason, I was not aware of that book. I looked it up online. Looks fantastic, and I've ordered myself a copy. So, uh, yeah, thank you very much for sharing that. Cheers. Take care. Saturday, August the 8th. Very hot summer's evening it's been about 26 27 degrees i think today yesterday was uh, pushing 30 anyway um i edited and pushed out to the discord or play rescue discord and also to our twist um essentially a proposal to run a dungeon fantasy mega dungeon um, from September the 5th, Saturday, September the 5th, I'm going to run, or offering at least, to run a bi-weekly open table um, using GURP standard rules plus the Dungeon Fantasy, uh, I guess the genre treatment rules really. And we set it using the Henchman um, expansion with 20, 125 point characters, about half strength characters from the default 250. For those who care about GURPS, that will mean something. Essentially, what we're looking at here is sort of second, third level characters in D&D terms um, and a huge mega dungeon. And I'm resurrecting the Fire Citadel of the Dragon Kings in my setting of Mr. Mir, which I haven't touched for well over a year now. And um, I think this is about me finding my feet in the stepping up kind of approach to gaming, really. Um, it is one of my favourite things to sort of have that knockabout dungeon game, and it's also relatively low maintenance um, once I get things going. So, sort of sticking my neck out really, and I'm hoping over the next four weeks, uh, and during a holiday period, I can prepare. Um, and I think you know there are a lot of little things that I need to do differently if I'm going to make a game run in the longer term. So I'll perhaps talk about those as I figure them out. But um, it's a sort of fresh beginning, I think. And then from there, I believe that I might be able to sort of feel like get that part of my hobby into, into control and, and kind of rolling at a nice basis. And that will allow me to think about the deeper gaming that I'd like to do. Because, you know, there are different modes of play, for, I think, for me. And um, it's about exploring them all. It's not about suppressing one or promoting the other, really. And... Um, that's what I plan to do, but I'm nervous about it and um, and yet, you know, kind of strangely excited about it as well. And uh, I think I've got two or three players to start with, which would be fantastic. It's going to learn from what I learned in Thal, um, but I'm adding, you know, more depth to this. And the Fire Citadel has a great history and 
has a, a kind of through story, I suppose, as well. There are many things to discover in there, and I'm hoping that they will they will sort of you know come together as an unfolding you know um, series of emergent uh, stories, I suppose. So yeah, game on. It's Monday, and I wanted to talk a little bit about um, this mega dungeon idea, really, and why I'm doing it. So I know that I've spoken a lot about this desire for other world immersion, but I've also spoken, I think, um, and I hope clearly, about the very uh, sort of, well, the stepping up mode of play that I really enjoy. And that is epitomized for me by the dungeon adventure. My problem with sort of running dungeon adventures is either that I kind of need to kind of create or use lots and lots of dungeons. And so, you know, that can be a barrier uh, because reading modules to get hold of uh, or taking someone else's, even taking someone else's map for me is quite a stretch because I have to then bring creative energy to that. And it's it's kind of difficult because, um, you, you know, it just is. It's just there's a lot of mental energy required to, to kind of sit down and interpret a map and then sort of do something with it. Sometimes that's really easy and quick. You just look at it and you kind of go, oh, that's that. But a lot of time I, I sort of, I don't know, I, I kind of want it to make sense. I think caves are perhaps easier than and sort of obvious layer maps. But what tends to happen is that whatever the person who drew it thinks that was about, it tends to be the springboard for me. And that may not actually fit into the game that I'm wanting to run. So it's always been a stumbling block for me, let's put it that way. So that that is kind of, the, the, the difficulty but also I have this sort of fascination it's kind of like this desire I've always had, long had this desire to run a mega dungeon my most um, amazing experience of gaming goes back to sort of 19 what about 80 I should think probably about 88 when we did the Moria game maybe 87 maybe 89 I'm not sure but in that period and we played Royal Master and we went to Moria and I really enjoyed this the vastness of it the sense of vastness of it and um I didn't I mean I didn't know that it's sort of some of it's randomly generated but that didn't really matter to me as a player because I always had this sense of being in a huge place and we we came across the Balrog of Moria and I've told this story many times but also, you know, when I look back at the hobby, this is the root of a hobby that actually, you know, Gygax and Arneson started really with sort of Blackmoor and with um, Greyhawk and the castles thereof, you know, Castle Blackmoor, Castle Greyhawk and the really the dungeons beneath. Uh, Gygax recounts kind of doing 10 levels of this huge dungeon and stocking it all that stuff now again that's really appealed to me but the barrier is obviously it takes a lot of creative energy i read about gary sitting down night after night for the first few weeks like right drawing levels when the advice in dungeons dragons original dungeons dragons is to do at least three levels before you start you know that seems like a doable idea until you sit down to do it and then it's actually quite daunting and scary you know it's a lot of map to draw and then a lot of notes to to make and, and all of that so what I've been thinking about is how on earth do I make that manageable? How on earth do I do that? And um, I've got to, I've got to be, I've got to say, I, I found, and I've not finished reading, but I've mostly read now B.J. Fogg's Tiny Habits, which was published last year. B.J. Fogg, if you don't know, is the founder of the Design Lab at Stanford, um, the Behavior Design Lab, sorry, at Stanford, and spent many years developing uh, his Tiny Habits methodology. And I've been reading that, and it's really interesting. And I decided I would I would give it a go. Um, uh, 
because you know psychology and i i enjoyed that but also you know this this methodology appears to be workable really um and it's workable because it's about breaking things down into the tiniest little sort of first steps that you can make and um i kind of did a couple of minor experiments over the weekend um which has sort of been encouraging shall we say and i decided that i would break down the mega dungeon now a long while ago peter del Orto, who's the, uh, one of the authors what well, is the author of the mega dungeons book for um GURPS Dungeon Fantasy number 21. Um, but he's also got his own dungeon, um, Mega Dungeon, which he's been running for many years using GURPS Dungeon Fantasy. So for me, he's obviously a bit of an inspiration. And he mentions early on in one of his very old blogs, he mentions that one of the things he decided to do was just to add one room to a dungeon every day. And I sort of thought, well, that's doable. Right? Add one thing to my map. Now, obviously, there are two steps in building a dungeon. There's doing the map and then there's writing the dungeon room and so i decided to split those two things apart because they are two very different behaviors one is kind of drawing a map and one is then interpreting that and and kind of adding notes for what you need at the table now i've decided that i'm going to be running my dungeon very very much old school online gaming no maps visible to the players Going to ask the player, we're just going to have voice basically online, and I'm going to roll dice physically at the table, I think, you know, at the computer in a dice tray, and I'm going to basically have the maps in front of me physically. So no one else is going to see these maps, so I don't have to worry about them being beautiful, I don't have to worry about any of that. It can just be me. I mean, you know, for the curious, I might stick some on Patreon, but other than that, you know, these are for me. And of course, the notes are for me. This is one of the things that the Alexandrian bangs on about an awful lot about this kind of doing your keying that works for you. And bear in mind that it's for you. If you're going to write it for publication, you greatly expand what you're writing, no doubt. But essentially, you're doing what you need to do for you. So I'm going to I'm going to look at uh, these two bits of guidance um, kind of separately. So the first step is basically getting the map drawn because there's no until I've drawn the map, there is no way I can key anything, really, or I can't start keying things. And in my mind, I kind of see this process whereby day by day I add to the map and then periodically, and it, I, I think I'd, I'd like to get it to be every day, I sit down and I do one location of the map, which one of those locations gets some notes. Before I can do that, I do want to go and reread the Alexandrian's blog posts on those um, kind of doing really effective keys, because I think there's, there's some really good advice in there about passing information. And I think what I might do is, is like a one-off job of just creating for myself a little pro forma that I just fill in because that would be really that would be really easy to do kind of key pro forma. Interestingly, um, in GURPS Dungeon Fantasy, the box game, there's there's a supplement they brought out, okay, which I, I, I got, and uh, it's like a series of basically blank map spaces. And one of them is a room map. It's kind of like a hex space with a room map, um, and then space underneath it. So I might investigate that and see if that's an already done thing, so I don't need to create something, but. Essentially, once I've got some kind of pro forma in place, I think that it's very easy to grab a pro forma and fill one in based on what you see on the map. Um, and I need to bring those things together somehow. Uh, so that's going to be interesting. But I think what it will probably be is a case of getting a map drawn um, and then having another map on the go while I key a map, if that makes sense. So that's the process. Now, going back to Tiny Habits, what I decided to do today is key myself up to basically do... Um, the map you know once at least once a day I'm going to draw something on a map and I was thinking about it and I was thinking there's one thing that I you know, where in my day 
do I have a space and also um, a you know, kind of natural space to basically spend a few seconds drawing on a map? Because we are talking here, you know, it's a micro task. It, it, you know, drawing something on a map is potentially, you know, what, 30 seconds to a minute? I would have thought of the outside. And I looked at my day and I realised that one of the tasks that I frequently do if I'm at home, I've been at home now for months, but even if I'm going to work, even if I'm going into school, is that at least once a day I go to the Tassimo coffee machine, which is in our front room. There's a dining table in here. Um, it's kind of a cramped-ish dining space, but it's just about big enough for this six-foot-long table with chairs around it. And um, above the Tassimo machine is a big rack of shelves of, well, it's just got basically books and magazines on it, which I have no idea really that there's the stuff that's just a shit pile to be fair but up there for a long while i have kept a pad of hex paper it's like i think it's seven mil hex paper one of those big ones from um uh what's it called uh hex mapping place oh it'll come to me in a moment um anyway got a big big pad up there and i and and I realised that there's also up on that shelf there's pencils because when we game here, you know, I often keep pencils and, pe- and one of the things I keep up there is kind of supplies for when we're doing face-to-face gaming in this room. We sit at this table for goodness sake, where I'm sitting now recording this, by the way. Um, and what I decided to do is kind of use that. So the, the the tiny habit that I'm trying to develop is that every time I go to the Tassel machine machine to put on a coffee, after I've pressed start, I grab the map down. And I add a room. I grab a pencil on the map. And there's, I've also snuck a ruler in there so I can do that if I need to draw a tunnel or whatever. And add one thing to the map. And that's the habit. And then sort of celebrate that. You know, yes, I've done it. Cool. Put the map back. And then obviously go off with my coffee. Now, currently at home, I'm, I'm probably using that machine two or three times a day. So that might add several things. But actually minimum, I'm, I mean, one of my, my habits is coming home from work is to have a cup of coffee when I get home, um, mostly to try and recover some energy because I'll be knackered from school. And it seems to me that that means at least one room a day is going to get added to that map. Now, it's a big piece of paper. We're talking, um, I think it's like 60-odd hexes by 40, 67 by 42, I want to say, hexes. So it's kind of a big map sheet. And obviously multiples of these, the Fire Citadel of the Dragon's King is vast and is going to be vast. Um, so that's cool. And um, one of the things that, you know, kind of came with this is realisation I've got to stop seeing my adventures and my dungeons as ever being really done. I think mega dungeons by their very nature just infinitely grow, don't they? And what, I, what the challenge will be is to make each part of that dungeon interesting you know, in each area of that dungeon, interesting. And then, therefore, there are many shortcuts to other areas of the dungeons and various ways of getting around the dungeon that just kind of make it interesting. Anyway, it's a very, very long explanation of what I'm trying to do to get my Mega Dungeon game off the ground and kind of why. I want to, I want to get that experience, that step, up, step on up into my dungeon thing going. Um, I'm going to try and draw in various other... Um, engagements. The key engagement, obviously, is challenge. But I also I want there to be I want it to be open. It's an open table. I wanted to run on a Saturday night, so I kind of want that to have that that openness for submission players. You just want to kind of chill and come away and have a bit of a light-hearted game. And for that purpose, I mean, need to make sure that there are pre-gen characters. Um, it's relatively. We're going to do one twenty-five points, so it's lower points than the full two fifty uh, kind of GURPS experience. Um, which again means there's less to think about on your character sheet 
And I just kind of take it from there. If I want to roll with it and I'm going to run it um, a couple of hours every fortnight and we'll just see how it goes. Um, and, and that, again, kind of just get into that routine of playing, turn up. I'm hoping that because it's sort of done, because there's a dungeon and there's some keyed rooms and, you know, it's easier to sort of sit down. There's no faffing about with Fantasy Grounds, no faffing about with Roll20. Just sit down with some dice, pencil, voice and talk that I can get into some gaming really easily that way. And I'm hoping that that will help me recover my GM kind of buzz, really. So there you go. The Dungeon Master is making a return. Well, at least fingers crossed I am. See if we can make these habits stick. Game on. It's Wednesday and, um, crikey, I'm a little bit knackered today. Basically, we've had uh, two, three days now of uh, around about 30, 31 degree weather here in in Nottingham, which uh, probably doesn't sound much to if you live in the middle of Arizona or something. But um, for UK people, that's pretty uncomfortable. You've got to bear in mind we don't have air conditioning in houses, uh, ventilation houses actually is quite difficult in a lot of a lot of places. We're kind of lucky we have um, some kind of, um, I guess, electronic, uh, electronically controlled blowers that kind of suck in the air, but they don't cool it. Um, and yeah, it gets pretty uncomfortable. So I've been sort of spending my a lot of my time in the day, kind of keeping an eye on the temperature outside, and when it gets sort of towards a comfortable room temperature, and we've kind of equalised. In the morning, then it's close the windows, close the blinds, close the curtains, lock down the house, try and stay indoors and keep the place cool. You know, yesterday I was successful in keeping a house seven degrees cooler than outside, which is pretty significant. Um, but the downside is at night, obviously, we're struggling to sleep. It's sort of tropical nights for a couple of nights now, uh, around about 20, 21 degrees. I think the formal designation of a tropical night is 21 degrees, but yeah, pretty warm. Um, centigrade obviously all of this and um not sleeping so well and of course deb not sleeping very well keeps me awake as well she's she gets self radiates an absolute ton of heat <laughs> in the summer so um it's always difficult i think we both pretty warm um and yeah so i'm feeling a, a bit more demotivated i have to say a little less energy haven't slept very well and i'm i'm not really worried i'm not worrying about it actually i'm a sort of I think that's okay. I think that's understandable, right? Um, and it's not like I have to be at work, so I don't have to, you know, Deb has to go to work today, but I, I haven't had to. So I'm kind of taking it relatively easy. i um, been doing a few chores around the house, really, bits and bobs that uh, are relatively easy to do. Um, but last two days have been quite good in a hobby sense because I started digging into the uh, mega dungeon work I've been doing and yesterday I read through again or reread really the Alexandrians uh, four-part blog articles on what's called the art of the key which I would thoroughly recommend it's a really good read the first part is a sort of history of the dungeon key although you know this applies to any kind of location based adventure which is obviously the basis of almost everything that role players do there's always a location to visit um, and a prepped GM will have at least some notes. And he talks about uh, how to present that really well for yourself to kind of lower your cognitive load during the session, which is a really, really good thing. So it 
part two of that is is the meat of it. Um, parts three and four are sort of like some development of that, some extra techniques. And one of the things I really liked is there's a mention in there of sort of bringing across references, things you're trying to learn from the rules when you're trying to master your rules. Why not just drop, ref- you know, text in the age of cut and paste, cut and paste out the little bits of text that you need. And obviously, as you become more mastered in your gaming, um, you need less of those notes, don't you? But initially, you know, just cut and paste the thing out and chuck it in your notes. And that's what I've been doing. Started building notes for the first sort of area of the mega dungeon, which I think I'm gonna put the players through. Um, and um, I actually had some old notes. I've kind of imported this area uh, from some old notes, which is really really cool. Uh, remastering them, as it were. Um, but notice it's it kind of interesting, having read that article, just how badly written my original notes were. Um, and it's even more embarrassing when I consider that I, I sort of vaguely dreamed of publishing them one day. Um, and I, th- I just think it's such a, be- a, a much better way of doing things. So that's a, an article I'd recommend reading, The Art of the Key on the Alexandrian.net. Um, and that's led into sort of uh, the thoughts. So I've been looking at the Monsters Know What They're Doing, um, which is the monstersknow.com blog uh, book. I can't remember the guy's name, but it's really great little read i think kind of uh is, i mean it's incredibly D focused but it works nicely for sort of dungeon gaming anyway um, and that's about combat tactics for your creatures something i don't feel i need a lot of help with but it was just interesting to start reading through um, and there's some there's some good ideas and good reminders in there um what else and oh um i've also just been sort of uh, allowing myself to continue to do the mapping so the habit i mean sort of two days down or into the third day today of every time i go and use the tassimo coffee machine doing another little bit on the map adding at least a room and that's been going really well um so that's nice so the the inner map that comes behind this first area to get into the sort of the, the actual dungeon are starting to firm up as well and what i think i'm going to do there is just kind of keep a couple of sheets of map going so when i pull one in to go and key it i'll put another one out there fresh ready to go and kind of build the levels that way um i think it will take a number of weeks before those sort of there's a there's a kind of a fair quantity of stuff uh to be keying but um with the idea of sort of trying to key at least one room a day which i've already done today um at least one area if you like um and sort of mapping at least one a day um that will build up over time and, and i kind of keep have to remind myself that i'm not starting until september as it stands so that's really really good so that gives me the sort of what a little under a month but also um even then you know the the characters are going to play for a couple of hours every fortnight as the way we're playing you know so players will won't get all that deep in very quickly so i've got plenty of time you know to sort of map and key uh the initial areas and obviously then as i extend the dungeon and, and i can add new entrances and exits and uh, and that's certainly the plan and and you know sort of build it from there really so it'll be it'll be kind of cool um so just generally feeling pretty positive even though today i'm knackered and that's the update all right then so it's uh wednesday night about nine o'clock just finished playing 2d20 conan with arlen walker as uh gm just want to say had a like blast really it was a good laugh um my character hector uh kind of warrior priest of mitra has uh, joined an expedition into the pictish wilderness and uh, we had a good time by the way that noise you can hear behind me is the fan i've got in the room um because it is atrociously hot it's ridiculous it's nine o'clock at night and it's like 27 degrees or something ridiculous um 
But oh man, that was fun. So uh, yeah, looking forward to playing some more. First time I've been a player in an active game in a long time. And um, yeah, lots to think about. Great stuff. Cool, game on.